Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Druids Grove. Today we are going to be talking about a holiday coming up this time of year in December, as many names. Uh, it is known as Yule, or Albin Arthen, uh, the Winter Solstice, or Christmas. So many Druidic traditions use the term Albin Arthen, and Albin Arthen means the light of Arthur. So in some uh, Druid practices, uh, the Arthurian tales, uh, and legends are stories which are important in Druidic mythology. And this time of year in these stories can also demonstrate a connection to Jesus as well with the turn of the sun. So with the winter solstice we have the return of the sun and the light, S-U-N, and in Christianity it's the return of the sun, S-O-N. So on the winter solstice we celebrate the coming of light, uh, the death of the holly king and the birth of the oak king. So at this time of year, we transition from longer nights and shorter days with the return of light and longer days and shorter nights. And in Druidry, this time of year, the Oak King and the Holly King battle for control over the day and the night cycles and the cycle of nature. And at this time of year, the Oak King wins, leading to a return of light and life and spring to the earth in the northern hemisphere. The term Yule was originally a Norse term, but has been adopted by many pagans and uh, other pagan practices, and some druids as well. So this holiday is generally celebrated uh, between December 21st and January 1st, and like I said, it represents the light returning and the beginning of a new year. And today, um, you can look online or watch videos of it, but many druids gather at Stonehenge, and we've talked about it before, but... Stonehenge is associated with Druids today, but didn't necessarily belong to the Druids when they were, uh, when it was created. They, it was created uh, pre-Druids. Uh, but at Stonehenge and various other stone circles and other, other places around um, with important spiritual significance, uh, they gather to celebrate this holiday. And the reason is that the rising sunlight on the winter solstice morning lines up with uh, various or, uh, arrangements of the, the stone formations and in other places the light can penetrate the opening of caves or burial mounds and the opening within these stone circles or burial mounds or caves allows a shaft of light to penetrate the deeper part of the cave and usually the cave or the stone circle it's a straight line so this light can travel straight through uh, and, and line up accordingly and what this symbolism has uh, in regards to the earth and nature is the symbolism of sexual intercourse with the light penetrating the cave reaching the back of the cave or the back of the stone circle or lining up directly in the stone circle and starting the rebirth of a new year so if you have thought about it or maybe you haven't this may be a good opportunity to make your own stone circle out in your own yard or maybe uh, if you have a, a large flower pot that you can keep in the same spot year-round and you can align the stones or set up stones however you would like to align with the winter solstice sunrise to celebrate the wheel of the year annually to kind of help keep track of it.
And another important um, symbol with this time of year is the mistletoe. And mistletoe is considered important and sacred to the Druids. Um, and mistletoe is very common this time of year. It typically attaches itself to oak trees. So when I was researching this, there, there's some different theories about it, but the, the importance of the symbolism, again, has to do with rebirth of the new year. So the, the berry of the mistletoe is white. We frequently see mistletoe berries as red, um, but it's also commonly white. And the white berry lies in between two leaves. So this is what I discovered when I was researching this, but visually this looks like uh, the leaves kind of form the shape of a vagina and the berry uh, is white and it kind of looks like semen coming out of it. So I'm sorry to be graphic about this, uh, but this is a, a symbol that is associated with, again, um, kind of uh, rebirth of the new year and it's kind of a, a sacred symbol in Druidry. So from that we get the you know the con the concept of kissing under the mistletoe so we can see the association with romantic intimacy and reproduction that kind of thing and mistletoe was also used um, and seen as a symbol of good luck and was used to ward off bad spirits and there are also other symbols associated with this time of year um, that that might seem a little bit difficult to associate with it so if you're not familiar with these, they may seem a little uh, kind of out there, but you can look it up. Um, for instance, we have Santa Claus. So we have Santa and his red suit and the reindeer. And if you look online, you'll find a lot of historical information about this. And there's a lot of symbolism associated with these concepts. Uh, primarily, it refers to the uh, hallucinogenic mushroom called the Amanita muscaria. Uh, these mushrooms are poisonous to humans. However, in far northern climates, uh, the reindeer would eat them and then excrete them in their stool, which removed the toxins. So humans figured this out. They would, you know, eat the mushrooms on them by themselves. Uh, they would get poisoned. They would, you know, have hallucinogenic trips or journeys or whatever, but they would maybe get poisoned by it. And they found that if the reindeer ate them, and the reindeer do enjoy them, um, and then when they passed them, they could eat them and not get poisoned. So that's kind of how they started collecting them. So humans would get the mushrooms and consume them without being poisoned. And these mushrooms are red and white, hence the color of uh, Santa Claus's suit or outfit. And then we have the idea of flying reindeer and the sleigh. Um, this comes from the concept of ancient shamans. Uh, they would consume these mushrooms and they would go on spiritual journeys, you know, um, go on a, going on a flight or flying away, uh, going on a journey. And the idea of Santa bringing gifts comes from the, the spirit guides that shaman would encounter on these journeys. And so their spirit guide would, would come bearing gifts of spiritual insight and spiritual gifts to them. And so we can kind of we can kind of connect the dots on all of that. We can see how, um, you know, the the reindeer brought in the color of Santa's suit, and then Santa himself bringing gifts. It's all it's all tied in together. And then another interesting fact um, I found when researching this, um, you know, in the the story of Santa and his reindeer, um, we see that the reindeer have antlers, um, and you know, 
colloquially and kind of through the stories, these reindeer are seen as males. Um, but at this time of year, in the in those climates, only female reindeer keep their antlers. The males lose their antlers at this time of year. So technically, all of Santa's reindeer are females, not males. And 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 further, you know, if we look at it a little bit deeper into the symbolism of like Rudolph, for example. Uh, Rudolph's nose lights up the night for Santa to have his path lit up for a clear vision so he can find his way. Um, this is another reference to kind of bringing light to this time of year uh, to help have better insight and vision on our spiritual journey. Um, so we can see these stories, you know, for just what they are, you know, simply cute little holiday stories and fairy tales, or we can kind of look deeper at them historically and gain a broader and deeper understanding of this time of year and the holidays associated with it. And another symbol associated with this time of year is the evergreen tree, which is also important in Druidry. Uh, historically in Celtic cultures and in other cultures, um, people would bring in an evergreen tree from the outdoors to the indoors. And what this would represent is because these trees are still green, um, you know, all the deciduous trees have lost their leaves and they look, they appear dead. But the evergreen trees still appear to be blooming with life. So bringing a tree indoors uh, represents uh, new growth and birth and and continued life through the hard times of winter. And that's why they would decorate it and put lights on it and um, or candles or or you know have treats around it and put the gifts under it. So all of these things kind of tie in uh, with with historically pagan practices. And it, it is interesting to kind of think about how the idea of a Christmas tree became called a Christmas tree and um, you know the idea of, of bringing a, tro a tree indoors and decorating it celebrating the return of light you know and, and the soon to becoming spring uh, predates Christianity but has, it is you know colloquially in most cultures known as a Christmas tree which is kind of odd um, and then we think about the idea of putting a star on top of the tree also has symbolism so uh, when we think of the symbol of the star We've talked about this before. This is also called a pentagram. Um, and in paganism, we've talked about how it represents the five elements, which were discussed, uh, you know, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. So uh, from a pagan practice, uh, putting a star on top of the tree, we are celebrating the cycle of nature and bringing, bringing living earth into our homes. And we are celebrating all of the elements associated with it and can celebrating the turning of the wheel of the year and the, and the return of light. Um, in the Christian perspective, the tree also represents light, but it represents the light of Christ's birth into the world, of Jesus' birth into the world. And the star kind of represents, for Christians, uh, divine light or divine guidance leading those to find Jesus when he was born. So it is easy to see how Christian cultures adopted these concepts of um, you know, various pagan and nature-based practices when they conquered these people or, you know, um, to bring to bring these pagans into the Christian culture and to appropriate their practices. And and that was done to to allow people to continue their, their previous practices but but directed at a a new um, a new uh, spiritual uh, deity or spiritual idol. And so luckily for us as druids, we can we can choose whatever concept we want when it comes to decorating for this holiday, you know. And we can also allow our Christian friends to keep 
doing what they're doing and practicing their concepts and and doing it how they perceive it, you know, without informing them that they were um, kind of taken or stolen from our spiritual ancestors. Um, you know, we don't have to bring that up, but we can know inside that that's where it comes from, and we can understand the reasons why uh, Christianity adopted those practices. And I know we this is a Druid podcast, but um, this time of year frequently uh, in a lot of cultures is called Christmas time, so that's why I'm spending a lot of time talking about it, because it is kind of related. Uh, but the term Christmas um, like um, is a combination of two words, so Christ and Mas, M-A-S. Uh, Mas, um, like on uh, Lamas, which is a, a, a kind of a summer holiday, um, which means loaf mass or uh, gathering for bread for the harvest. This is a gathering for Christ or a feast for Christ or a feast for the sun, S-O-N or S-U-N. And again, this comes from a previous pagan practices and is another example of these ancient pagan practices which were incorporated into Christianity to kind of cancel out the old pagan ways. And the, the goal for this was to shift people from their old beliefs to kind of a new cultural paradigm and practice. And while people were celebrating the solstice, which is the time again when the sun pauses for about three days, starting on the solstice, which is roughly December 21st, uh, Christianity took this opportunity to celebrate Jesus' birthday on December 25th, which is about three days after the return of the light. So this allowed them um, to celebrate the birth of light in the form of uh, Jesus. So that Jesus was the Christian's light, so they incorporated that into their holiday. And so, you know, the, the, at the end of the third day, um, the sun, on the 21st, the, the earth starts to tilt back on its axis. So it pauses for about three days, starting from the 21st to around the 25th. So at the end of that third day, when the sun starts to return after a three-day pause, Christians made this Jesus' birthday <clears throat> to bring in these other cultural practices. And again, this allowed them to bring more people into their religious practice after conquering their lands or simply spreading the religion around. And it allowed others to maintain their previous spiritual practices, uh, only directed at a Christian religious symbol rather than a pagan one. So this time of year is kind of a a time of optimism, of hope, uh, rebirth, kind of with a focus on getting through the hard times. It's a time to celebrate and come together in the depths of winter. Uh, this time of year with the longest night and the shortest day allows us to take time to reflect inwardly. You know, in ancient times, there was a lot of physical labor to do during the, the winter, I mean during the summer. But when during the winter in this time of year, there's not a lot of physical labor to do. And there was very limited daylight. So this kind of became a time of bundling up and, and hunkering down, you know, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And at that time, people had, and today we, we generally have, uh, the time to look inwardly, to meditate, to think about where we are in our lives, and to plan ahead for the growing year. We have these longer nights um, where we're stuck inside. We can't really get out and do a lot outdoors like we would during the rest of the year. So this is a, a time for, um, you know, reflection and planning ahead and growth. Uh, we can set intentions for the future after looking back and seeing 
our successes and learning from our mistakes over the previous year. And this is also where the concept of making New Year's resolutions comes into play. Um, it's also uh, kind of adopted from ancient times and in, in, in about setting out plans and intentions for the upcoming year. So, so much like the darkness of caves and burrows, this time of year is kind of a perpetual cave or a burrow with short days and long nights. Um, so if we, if we tie this over into animals, we can look um, from a druidic perspective, we can see the symbolism and the reality of animals hibernating. So bears withdraw into caves to conserve energy for the, for the upcoming year. Uh, other animals migrate to warmer climates and longer days to sustain life. And we can also see the symbolism of deer and stags at this time of year, uh, shown with their antlers on display. Um, this is because this time of year is the end of what is called the rut, or the rutting season, R-U-T, or R-U-T-T-I-N-G. And the rutting season is the one time of year when deer are able to mate and procreate. And their antlers grow this time of year to allow the males to compete for the right to mate with the females. And deer are associated with this time of year due to kind of the symbolic nature of procreation, the conception of new life, um, preparing for longer days in spring. So after conception at this time of year, you know, along with the, at the time of the solstice, uh, the new fawns will be born in the spring. So again, we can use this time of year as an opportunity to go inward for self-preservation, for preparing for the coming year, or we can migrate to warmer climates for a vacation to get a, a glimpse of the near future with the return of warmth and daylight. You know, a lot of people go south for the winter. Um, you know, the snows, why they call them snowbirds, um, retired people that live in the north part of the, the hemisphere and in the summers and in the winter, they migrate south, you know, for, to warmer climates. Or we can just go on vacation to the south at this time of year to kind of experience a little bit of warmth and light that we've missed. So, you know, while it is also colder this time of year, we can choose to take on a colder personality and be distant or separated or isolated. Or we can be aware of this shift and we can kind of bring warmth into the coldness of humanity at this time of year. And this is demonstrated through gift giving and wishing others happy holidays. You know, many, many different cultures and spiritual traditions have holidays at this time of year. And so by turning away from the cold and the dark, um, you know, and being more warm natured towards others and bringing light into relationships with others, historically and today, we're able to help and encourage others through these tough and trying times. We can help people help each other to get through this time of year. So how will you choose to celebrate this holiday? Um, you know, maybe think about getting outside of the uh, materialistic consumerism, um, you know, of the current, you know, holiday practices and, and reflect on what it's really about. Maybe the night before the solstice, uh, which is the longest night of the year, uh, take some time and look back on the previous year. Um, you know, learn from your mistakes, recognize your successes of the year. And then on the day of the solstice, uh, maybe get up early, get outside on the solstice sunrise and greet the sun as these the days will start getting longer so you can celebrate the return of the sun. Um, you know, we've at this time of year, we've made the turn. Uh, it's another turning of the wheel of the year. Another spoke of the wheel of the year has passed by. 
So I hope this has been helpful and, and brings some new perspectives on this time of year, Yule or Albin Arthen or the solstice or Christmas, however you choose to celebrate it. And thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.